Did anybody see the uh, BBC programme called Blue Note about the jazz label that started in the 40s in America by two Jewish guys from uh, Germany? Didn't see it? Okay. I'm glad you didn't see it because I, I want to say something about it. It would be more of a surprise. <laughs> um, but first of all, before, before I speak about this programme, I want to read you something that I, um, I think I wrote it. I can't remember. But it says here, the Buddha's great realization was that life is, at all times, in the state of dynamic flow, and freedom comes from giving up our craving for permanence and entering the free flow of the great life. The way is to surrender to this reality, which is in fact our true nature. Reality, whether we see it or not, is what's here now on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. By ongoingly aligning ourselves with the flow of our lives, we do gradually, fingers crossed, become more free of the fear of impermanence. It is a struggle and it's difficult, hence Sangha is a refuge. And a fascinating show. So, I want you to think of Sangha in, in the context of this <coughs> program as being, as being a jazz band. Okay. The Sangha's a jazz, well, let's say a quintet. So, I'm watching the program, and these musicians, 40s and 50s, <coughs> and modern, said some wonderful things, all about what I've just spoken about. And I just want to say a few of them to you, because they're, um, they're really uh, embodying, in a way, the whole essence of the practice. But the, the, the first thing that uh, these were all class players, by the way, you know, guys who could really improvise. So one of them said, the courage to be vulnerable, it requires the courage to be, a vulner to be vulnerable and then uncertainty becomes your ally. If you have the courage to be vulnerable, uncertainty becomes your ally. I think that's wonderful, don't you? I mean, if you allow yourself to <coughs> let go of your, of, your, of, your, of, your, of your safety net, then uncertainty becomes your ally, rather than your, rather than, than your, your, what would you be, what would it be? Your, uncertainty would normally be something to be anxious and stressed about, wouldn't it? In this case it's saying it's your ally. And then the chap went on to say, playing just in the moment in trans is, is transcendent and the self is gone. You are beyond the notes. It's all down to letting go of the ego and let the music get through. So he tells a story of um, uh, this is Herbie Hancock, and he's playing in Miles Davis, and it's a really good band. And the band, you know, it's really rolling. Everybody's playing really well. Herbie Hancock plays a terrible chord. He said it was so bad. It wasn't just bad; it was really bad. And he felt, you know, it was going to ruin the, 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 what was happening and he felt mortified and but then as he's sitting there feeling mortified he hears Miles Davis playing a chord which makes his wrong notes right and, he, and what it is is that he says Miles Davis is so open and available to the moment that he didn't hear a wrong note he just said oh there's another note I'm going to go with that note 
wonderful, you know, so just to be available to go with it as it as it arises. Um, and and the, the reason I say jazz, the band and Sanger, is what really became clear was what they all really enjoyed when it was working was this this um, um, this ability to be both an individual and to be part of the whole. So that they were really improvising individually, but they were part of a whole which played together. And that really reminded me that of um, of Sangha, yeah. And the, the final thing that he said, which you know j jives with, or I should say jives with, <laughs> what I just read, was that uh, you get closer to it, whatever it is, to really going with it, by living in, by not living in the future or in the past, just being there, and it goes, you know. Uh, anyway, if you get a chance to watch it, it's on BBC Four. <laughs> And I've seen it three times. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so, um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is perhaps more uh, more conventional, but more one of the I don't know if you've recognised this. I mean, you know, we're, we're, it, it's interesting because you know, how long has the Zen tradition been available to practice in the West? Well, from the beginning of the 20th century to some degree, and then more from the 30s, and then perhaps in the 50s, but not, but not really until Suzuki, D.T. Suzuki and Alan Watts and those kind of people in the late 50s, early 60s, introduced it to the West. And um, uh, the, way it was, the way it's been seen, uh, the very traditional side of it, um, in a way implies, not always, I mean, you know, but the, the, you can get this feel about the practice if you're new to it or, or that in some way we can bypass our emotions by, um, by embodying emptiness. So if everything's empty, finally, if everything's empty, we don't have to worry. You know, well, why would we, why would we get concerned about what's arisen for us in our emotions, in our ideas, if finally we recognise it's empty, we can just get past it. So you can kind of, you can bypass or shortcut what is, um, something that could be very deeply rooted in you that really needs to be managed, you know, you can't bypass it, because if you do try to bypass it, um, <coughs> Um, you can you can you, you you can exile some really important parts of yourself to the basement or somewhere else and not really acknowledge it, you know, and it, and it will impact on your life. So maybe some lucky people who are incredibly emotionally balanced or people who go into a Zen monastery when they're like twenty and that's all they practice can arrive at a place perhaps where they can ignore their emotional well-being, or their emotional history, or whatever's in their genes, or the way they were brought up, or that whole <coughs> gamut of things that cause us trouble, all the way into, you know, e even into our old age, as well. <laughs> so I can tell you, yeah. so, so I wanted to kind of just talk about that, because 
one outcome of seeing that of, of, of seeing Zen or the tradition in that way is that if our felt experience doesn't align with um, our view of the way we ought to be, so we have a felt experience about something, but it doesn't gel or align with how I feel about myself. And in the, in the context of Zen, it doesn't align with my idea of what traditional, you know, what a, a developed Zen practitioner would experience. So, um, <coughs> So, what generally seems to happen, and it does happen for me, is when this felt experience clashes with the idea that we have of ourselves, um, what, we, what, we, what we can tend to do is rather, rather than updating our vision of who we are in order to allow the felt experience to be felt, we ignore it. So for example, it may be that you feel that you're a popular person, you know, and, and but you find yourself alone. And you're lonely. I'm just giving an example. But you're thinking to yourself, I'm a popular person. That's my view of myself. I shouldn't be lonely. It must be there must be something wrong with me, I'm feeling lonely. <laughs> what am I going to do about this? You know, and instead of experiencing the loneliness, what we'll do is pick up the phone and phone a friend, you know, to, re to recontact with this idea that we're a person that has buddies. It's just a simple example of, of what, of, of, um, or we may think that within the Zen tradition we should be able to cope with whatever arises. Yeah, you know, maybe we should be able to meditate in, in the midst of noise or... But, uh, I don't know if this resonates for anybody, but do we all have particular concepts about the way we should be? The way that we would really, the way that we imagine the world should respond to us and the way that we should be in the world. And, and when something arises inside that's actually in contradiction to that, we can think, that we're wrong, or that we haven't, um, that, that, that we, you know, that, how, what would be the best way to say it? Well, anyway, we could feel uncomfortable about it. We feel like we're not filling the bill. We might feel it's a weakness. And, um, but uh, yeah, we keep coming back to what Dogen says about to know this, to, the Buddha way is initially to know thyself. So we we really need to know ourselves. We really need to acknowledge those areas where we feel comfortable uh, and not push them away and not think we're wrong. I mean, when this this when this saxophone has said the courage to be vulnerable allows uncertainty to become an ally, is really is really useful. You know? If we allow ourselves to really feel what's coming up um, and to watch it and to feel it rather than to push it away, uh, saves us from trying to bypass it by some idea that uh, this is not the sort of feeling that a developed Zen practitioner should be having. 
you know, I kind of, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, it definitely arises, you know, for, for so the point I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to make is that very often this way we experience the world um, is not necessarily vocalised, it's a kind of unspoken sense of this is how I am and this is how the world works. So we think this is how the world works, I have to embrace the world as it works and we come to that view of how the world works out of a view of who we are and how we are in the world. But question that sometimes, you know, maybe maybe your intuitive view of yourself and how you are and how the world works is not actually how it is. You can't, because you, you can get in a groove, you can get quite, you can be cynical, you can go, oh, you know, or, 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 you know, or tired about it, or... Um, so I, I, I'm really saying, question how you, how you experience things and, and what your response is to them and how you feel about yourself in them. Um, because un unless we allow ourselves to um, be understanding and kind about all aspects of ourselves, then almost certainly what happens is that, that, that we, 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 have two, we develop two parts of our personality and one part is good and one part is bad. And um, the good part, well usually it works this way but it can work the other way, usually the good part tries to control the bad part. I mean, it can work the other way, depending <laughs> on, your, on your proclivities. <laughs> um, and we don't want that, you know, you don't want, you don't want one part of you thinking that's the good part and the other side is the bad part. Uh, all of you is, 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 uh, is you. All of you is you. And then finally, one, one thing you can't do in a jazz band, and one thing you, can't, you can do in your life, and you can do in practice, but it doesn't, it isn't very successful, and you, is to stand sideways on. You know, to stand sideways on. You're either, in, you're either rolling with the band, but you're still there. You're not in the practice and you're not out of the practice. You're not in your life, you're not out of your life. You're kind of standing sideways to everything. Uh, which is tempting because it doesn't require any commitment. <laughs> I don't mean that in, in, uh, about practice or anything else, but... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, how often do you find yourself standing sideways or not quite, not quite sure which way to move? <coughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I had another story, jazz related. Yeah. It was to do with the uh, Mingus. Charlie Mingus, yeah. Charles yeah. Mingus. So you'd have his band and, and you'd have like a new player that would come in. And he said most of the time what would happen is the new player would try and assert the kind of dominance yeah. in the in the group. So what they do is they just stop playing, like one by one, 
And so you'd just be left <laughs> <laughs> with no way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't tell him off, they just sort of like just yeah. stop playing and then you'd yeah. just be exposed and kind of learn the lesson. But I thought it was a nice kind of analogy, you know, yeah. it's yeah. all about kind of It's all about being group. together, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I know a nice story too about Mark Davis. Yeah. And I don't know who the other musician was. Was, but he was also quite a famous musician. And Miles Davis asked him to go on tour with him. And he was really flattered, but also really, really anxious. And said to Miles Davis, uh, oh, I will have to rehearse a lot over the next months. And Miles Davis said, like, no, then I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He was not interested. No, yeah, yeah. That was a great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you think? Are we done? Anybody, anybody, anybody want to improvise? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad to hear you recommending uncertainty. Oh yeah. And um, not recommending it, Mark Morris. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just <laughs> like I like not to have it. Enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So one of the things that terrifies me about politicians is that they always think they're right. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, it's true. Certainty's uh, certainty's difficult. Yeah. It's an interesting paradox for me that because what I do is quite craft-based, and so is music. Mm. But at the same time, in order to really be able to improvise and kind of um, let yourself react. And same probably I suspect goes with martial arts. Um, it took me a lot of practice to forget about all the techniques. Yeah, yeah. So exactly that, what I was going to say. So that I could just kind of plonk myself in the moment yeah. and whatever I do would be the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with you, yeah. But I have the technique completely down before you can be free. Yeah. But at the same time, it's an interesting paradox for me because. Oh yeah, I don't want you improvising on me, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing surgery, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that that involves a certain technique. Um, but also, shikantaza is known as technique of no technique, mm -hmm. and also, I suspect every single one of us are experts of living our lives because nobody has done it for us mm -hmm. and then we've lived for so many years living our lives so the question of do I need any more practice to be spontaneous and improvise or not I is think, an interesting question I think you need more as you get older okay because it gets more grooved and mm. you get more you get less open yeah you know, couch potatoes are usually over 60. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. Yeah, I was basically emulating the same thing. Like, um, right, it's got quite similar to what I do when I freestyle, when I freestyle rapping. Because um, I know that when I'm thinking about it and thinking about what I'm about to say or what I have said or trying to think about it, especially at the start when I started doing it, it was really difficult and I, I, I always end up falling out of the groove and 
when I'm thinking about what I'm saying, and yeah. sometimes when I'm just letting it go, yeah. it flows a lot better. How does it feel when you really roll with it? it oh, it's it's incredible. Yeah. I, it's it's. I would say it's probably it's. I think it's a Tory, but I don't know what Tory really is. But I guess it's just that feeling. Yeah, great. That's what. I, that's yeah. What I guess, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, folks.